All right, all those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you make your way up to the front for your class, those who are three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, if you make your way to the back, I know today it's been announced, I think, that the three-year-old class is, is taking effect, so I, I'm very excited about that. That, that actually, we had 20-some kids at times at that three, fours, and fives, so that's the reason for separating, giving more attention to those kids, so that's, that's pretty exciting. Summer has begun. Camp has already begun. We had first and second graders uh, go to camp this week, and, and I don't know. No. Was it first and second grade? Is that right? Oh, one night yeah, it was, it was an overnight camp, and then uh, other camps are going on throughout the, this month. Please pray that up. Uh, I, I began this, this sermon, and we didn't really call it a series, but it really turned out to, to be a series. And so I think I've finally got a title for it on this day that the last sermon's going to be preached. Is that okay? I, I think it's just church business. I, I think it's what I've been preaching about focused upon the past few weeks has been church business. And the first, first Sunday, and, and I, I'm so thankful that I did because I've had some really good conversations with some of you concerning church membership. And, and so that idea of belonging, you know, it's not a belonging to the building, it's not belonging to, to, to any kind of organization. It really is belonging to the people, belonging and connecting together is the value of that. And, and so uh, we've had some some real good results of that, and some some thinking uh, within that that idea of membership, church membership, uh, baptism. Actually, the next two are baptism and and communion, where those areas of connectedness. Uh, actually, the areas where Jesus called you know for the the church today to be involved in uh, that baptism. Uh, talking about baptism, we talk about belonging. That that has that 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 beginnings in Christ. Paul says, you know, it's that cl being clothed in Jesus. And then in, in Romans 6, it is, is being like him in his death and resurrection, that baptism. So it, it is that action of faith uh, and obedience that connects us to Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then after that, we talked about, as a matter of fact, this last week, we talked about communion. On that Memorial Day, we talked about the Memorial Supper. And how significant it is to us as a body as we, uh, especially Sunday morning and uh, matter of fact, any other time, there's many other times that you could, when you're gathered together, that you could uh, remember Jesus by sharing the bread and the cup. And so uh, that's, that's where we are today. Today, I want to talk about offering, offering, the, the, the uh, collection. Uh, we no longer pass plates which for a long time, actually, even before the pandemic occurred, the elders were talking about, hey, let's, you know, let's go to offering boxes, you know, free up more time so we don't have to have that time. You remember, long ago when I was a boy, I remember we used to pass plates down each aisle. You all remember that? That wasn't that long ago, actually. We passed the plate down and everybody would then make your contribution and things like that. But now we've gone to offering boxes. If you didn't know that and been wondering where their offering is, there's a box by each door and, and uh, uh, just available for your contribution, your giving. And I want to talk about that today, offering. Uh, our giving is a part of belonging. Our, our giving, you know, giving finance, financially, even giving in service is, is a part of belonging. Belonging to, to the God's kingdom, belonging to Christ. Uh, 
And, and uh, you know, depending on how you give really shows how much you value Christ or being united in him or, or to the kingdom. I, w- I want to turn the passage we're looking at today is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you want to turn there, if you have your, uh, your scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is the passage we're looking at. Uh, just to give you a little bit of details, context, context is absolutely valuable uh, within these few verses I'm going to read, 6 through 15. It's actually chapter 8 and 9. If we had time to spend on that, actually maybe that's someday a, a series in its own. Uh, parts of this I've, I've preached uh, elsewhere. But in the, in the context, Paul actually begins in, in that chapter 8 of talking about what a, what a great example the Macedonian church is in this area of giving. How, how they've contributed. Uh, for, for one thing, they've begged to give contributions. And, and let me, I need to say this so I don't forget. But the contribution that Paul specifically is talking about, the contribution that he's bragging about the Macedonians and how they gave, was a, a specific offering that's being gathered together on behalf of the Jerusalem church. The, the believers, those Jewish believers in Jerusalem that have been going through uh, a lot of difficulties because of a famine. Because of this great famine, the difficulties and things like that that brothers, brothers and sisters of Christ were, were experiencing. People they have never met, they're gathering uh, this offering. Now Paul said specifically about the Macedonian church that they begged to give. Hey, let us in on that. We want to give. We want to contribute to, to this need. And, and Paul also said that out of their poverty, out, out of the difficulties that they were facing, they gave richly. And so here, here's an example. He lays it out at the beginning of chapter 8. He goes into details about the collection. Titus is going to be coming. It said that Titus is enthusiastic. I'll tell you why uh, I believe Titus was enthusiastic as we go along. Just I'll let you, leave you to wonder. But he had a lot of enthusiasm about going to get this collection from the Corinthian church. He, he laid out some details that, that it, it, this is a, a collection that has been promised by Corinth. And even in, in chapter 9, verse 1, he says, there is really no reason for me to write about this. And so you kind of wonder, well, why did you write about this? Two chapters. For us, it's two chapters in this letter. It's a rather big section. Why are you writing about this? Well, we're familiar with the Corinthians, aren't we? It wasn't that long ago that we went through 1 Corinthians. Who were the Corinthians? Well, if, especially if you just look at 1 Corinthians, boy, that's that immature group right? This is the group that was arguing over who we wanted to follow as leaders, or, or they're bragging. They're not really arguing. They're bragging, well, I follow Paul. I follow Paul as I follow Christ. And, and, and so there was divisions there, and Paul said, you all are immature. You, you ought to be on meat by now, but you're still on, you're still on milk. You're still milk. You can't take the meat yet. You're, you're immature, and, and other, other issues throughout uh, this letter to the Corinthians was, was identified. I, you know, the fact that they had some obvious and blatant sinfulness going on in the church, and they weren't dealing with it. Uh, they had difficulties with uh, being gifted by the Holy Spirit, and there had to be some instruction about, hey, listen, this idea of giftedness is actually something that brings us together and works us together, not separates us. And And... 
When it comes to 2 Corinthians, there's obviously a change. In chapter 7, he comes in and says, man, you guys have repented. He identifies that this Corinthian church had repented from the sorrowful letter, which we could identify as maybe 1 first, first Corinthians. So there's been some repentance. That means some maturity is beginning to happen and things like that. But maybe Paul is just a little stressed because he actually says in, in some of those verses in, in 8 and 9, actually 9, he says, I've been bragging about you, Corinthians. Don't make me look bad. It's kind of what Paul says. I've been bragging about you. He says, therefore, I, please finish the contribution you, you promised. They had a beginnings in this contribution. It sounds like an amount was taken, but more was promised. So Titus is being sent to, to collect this offering, to, to collect this offering, to, to give to this Jerusalem church. And, and so in 6 through 15 is kind of the, the, the lesson part. He, he lays out why it's important to give. For, for these Corinthian believers to give. And I think we could glean some really good information in what Paul is saying here. Beginning in verse 6, let me read for you, and, and you follow, slow, uh, follow with me closely here. Verse 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you, because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Giving financially is, is part of belonging. Giving financially is part of belonging to Christ and his kingdom. And I just want to share with you this morning some important truths about giving. About financial giving. Uh, first of all, we see in verse 7. I want to look at verse 7, a phrase that he, he brings out at the beginning of that. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Here, here's the first truth. It's you decide how to contribute. You decide how to contribute. And that giving is between you and God. That's between you and God. Paul actually is saying... It, it, it's, it's not for him to twist arms for your giving. Could you imagine that for church? 
Let's see, let's, let's check. You know, hey, you're, the box is right here. Before you come in, before we could start worship, uh, you need to give your contribution. And, and let's, see, let's see how much it is, because we, we'll measure it. We'll measure it for you. We'll tell you what you need to give. And I, I do believe that there's some churches that, that kind of are, are more hands-on when it comes to what the, the people are contributing. But I believe this is between you and God. This is, between, this is in your relationship with God. Now let's talk about that. Uh, it, it is about a choice. Uh, and, and consider the verse that followed, uh, that, that, the previous verse, in verse 6, where he says, you know, there are, if, if you give sparingly, if you sow the seed sparingly, you're, you're going to have a production that is just sparing. It, it's it's going to be, a, you, you sow a little bit of seed, you're going to get a little bit back. But when you sow the seed generously, if you go out into the field and you just spread that seed everywhere, you're going to get, gen, you know, a generous uh, harvest, aren't you? And, and that's just a, a common clear uh, statement from, from the Old Testament. But what, what, what Paul is saying is, you know, he's expecting them to be generous. And, and, and here, here's, here's just a couple of thoughts. I mean, we could give sparingly. Matter of fact, many choose to be sparing in their giving, in their contributions. Many, many in the church, let's just say it, in the church throughout, not just here, but, but every, people come and they give sparingly. They give very little. And, and uh, I was reading a book some time ago by Gary Johnson. It's called Too Much, Living with Less in the Land of More. Living with Less in the Land of More. Gary Johnson laid out five uh, top reasons why people um, excuse themselves from, from giving. Uh, here, here they are. The number one is, is we are not content with what we have. Do we understand what that means? Oh, we're just not content. There's things, there's stuff in life we want. How do we get stuff? Through our finances. You know, so, so there's, there's other priorities that we put over kingdom. So we are not content with what we have. Number two is this. We do not live by a budget. Do not live by a budget. Well, what's a budget? Budget actually helps us know you know, kind of divide and figure out what we, what we can live on and how we're going to, you know, what's, you know, how much for food, how much for entertainment, how much for vacation we're going to set by, how much for savings, how much for church. That's what a budget is. And, and basically, not having a budget is there's no planning, no preparation for giving. Number three, uh, we are mired down in debt, Mired down in debt. You know what that means is when the check comes, you know, the week, then, then it's already divided up for you. MasterCard, Visa, you know, all, all the cards get theirs, the house payment, the car payment, the, everything we owe elsewhere. Because maybe number one, we're just not content, so we got to have it now. Man, we are living in that age, I got to have it now, right? I, heard, I hate that commercial. It's my money and I want it now. Have you, are you? Anybody despise that commercial whenever it comes on? But, that, but that's our attitude. Boy, that, that speaks to us. And, and so that's, that's number, uh, number three. Number four is we delay giving. We delay giving. Uh, basically, I, I think that's the leftover kind of aspect of giving. You know, we, we live off that paycheck, you know, and, and, and money goes out here. Again, it's not, it's not that, that idea of budgeting or anything. And then, okay, what's left over? Or is there anything left over? then that's what's contributed. 
also, the, the last item, number five, is money and the things money can buy makes us feel safe. Money makes us feel safe. And the stuff that it buys, it makes us feel safe. I, I see such a, uh, you know, actually a blending of all five of those things working. You know, ultimately, I'd say number one, uh, and, and, and believe this is absolutely true, one reason why we don't give is because we don't believe or, or trust God. That, that, that really is foundationally a reason why people make excuses not to give. We're just not trusting God. We're not trusting God in our giving. I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of times the way we would look at good giving would, would of course, be by the great amounts that we give. You know, boy, I'm, I just wrote a big check and put it in the offering. But Gary Johnson, also in that same book, had a quote I'd like to share with you. He says, God measures our giving not by the amount we give to him, but by the amount we keep for ourselves. It's not about, it's not about the size of check we wrote, but it, what, what are you keeping for yourself? It really does reflect upon a, uh, a time when Jesus was watching those who were making contributions at the temple. Luke 21. Like the first four verses there, he sees people coming in and they're giving great amount in the offering in the temple and, and then a widow comes up and drops two copper coins. And Jesus' comment was simply this, she's given more than anybody else. She's the, the greatest amongst all the givers. We've seen great amounts given, but these two copper coins was given more than anyone else because she gave all she had. She gave all she had. Choosing to be generous actually comes from trusting God. It, it, it comes from that place of trusting, putting our confidence, believing that he is able is part of that. And, and so the, the first truth I want you to grasp and understand that this decision to give and to give generously is, is again, between you and God. The, the second truth I want to share with you is this. God's grace creates a generous heart. I think this is the content of one of the, the greatest uh, teachings of Paul in this passage. That, that the ability to give and to give generously started with God in the first place. Now the tendency of our flesh is what? Is to be very self-centered. The, the, the five in the list we might have related to. I, I related to some of those. Uh, but but our ten, because our tendency is to be self-centered... Uh, that attitude of I want more, uh, you know, I have so much and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that, but boy, I'll see something along the way and there's just more to be had, right? Giving actually is not easy for everyone. I would even say a majority, a high majority of us, uh, that attitude of I want more maybe is more familiar to us all. How can we become generous or how do we become generous? Well, there's a couple of phrases. I, I really want you to grasp a couple of phrases. It's hard to tear this all apart and, and, and speak to all, but I hopefully in these two phrases, if you grasp this, you could grasp all these verses. In verse 8, he says something real simple at the beginning. Verse 8, he says, and God is able. I'm going to stop there. Again, it's, it, I'll remind you it's about God and, and trusting him. First of all, he says, and God is able, the rest of the verse says, to bless you abundantly 
so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able. That's a powerful statement. I especially appreciate, if you're reading the English Standard Version or the Standard, uh, yeah, the Standard Version or the New American Standard Version, all of them translate it, I think, the way I would, I would want it to be translated. Th- that word charis is grace. And, and in, in the NIV, it says bless. That, that kind of loses some, uh, it, it loses some significance, I think, in NIV. But in the English uh, Standard Version, that one says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Isn't that different? He's, he's able to bless you abundantly. He's able to make all grace abound to you. We love that word grace, or I love that word grace. I think you do too. Because that movement of grace is actually what God, where we see God's generosity poured out on us. Isn't that right? I want you to think about this. Listen closely. God has made his grace abound to us. How has he done that? Well, he's redeemed us. And that, that activity happened in sending Jesus to die for us. That's the beginnings. G- God sent Jesus into this world to redeem us. Matter of fact, in, in chapter 8, that bragging on the Macedonian church, here, here's one statement he said about the Macedonian church that he believed was significant. He says, and they executed our expectations. These, these, this church in Macedonia, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us. They gave themselves first to the Lord. That's, that's the process. That's the beginnings of having, uh, even developing a, a generous heart. They, you give yourselves to the Lord. It, it is that redemption that we begin with. And, and after that redemption, it's all about the transformation that comes. I mean, there's changes that are expected in you and I from being a person that is so self centered and self-focused and pursuing the things of this world to being someone who who is now you know has has the ability to love in a way that reflects God's love which is amazing remember that at the beginning of May if you were here listening to the guy's sermon they talked about love the only way to be able to love in the way and reflect the kind of love that God has given us that is a sacrificial kind of love is to be absolutely connected to him through Christ there's no other way. And, and I believe also that, that that generosity can work in us when, when Christ is working and living in us. And that's part of our transformation. It goes from mine, mine, mine to opening our arms and being able to give and open with what we have to the benefit of others and what we'll say even later to the praise of God. It's about the working of grace. Do you know how rich we are? Do you understand, if you are in Christ, if you are in Jesus Christ, do you understand the the wealth that you have? And it's not written in your checkbook. (laughs) You belong to God. You're his. You're his child. You're his child. You could be homeless and you could say, man, but I belong to Jesus. There's nothing more valuable in this life to, to, to have ownership of all the kingdom uh, through, through that. And then inheritance is given to us because of Jesus. Oh, man. We talk about the joy of a believer. I, I, 
foundationally, we're talking about that. That grace that we have is the evidence and the realization of the joy. The joy we have in our heart is because of him, because of what God has done to us. He is generous. God is generous. So he works through our redemption. He works through our transformation. And then in the last part of that verse 8, uh, he says, from, uh, he says, you will abound in every good work. He, he's going he's gonna to supply to us, uh, uh, well, here, I should just read it. He says, uh, bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What's he, what is, okay, service, but I think it's also talking about in that area of con- contributing to those others in need using what you have as resources to help others to the glory of God uh, the other phrase okay first of all it says God is able and in 10 maybe maybe this is the same phrase but think about this God supplies look at verse verse 10 he says now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness God, God is, is, is very generous. And it says it again here. God supplies. God supplies. And this is not to say that God is going to make you rich and wealthy. I've, I've heard that, and it is shameful. To, and I've actually heard someone say, you know, well, I'm going to give $20. And this is the thinking behind what they would say. I'm going to give $20 in the offering this Sunday, and I'm expecting throughout the week to get 40 that's not what the passage is saying. I please, please, don't give because you're going to receive back uh, you know, financially. I, now there might be blessings that'll counter that, and and that that's a possibility. But that overall, what he's saying, that that aspect of righteousness and what he's doing, that work in us, that grace, and and the things that have of greater value that has any kind of dollar bill sign on it. Uh, uh, is, is greater value than anything in this world. Man, just try to get outgive God. Try, try to outgive God in the abundance of his giving through Jesus. I, I do believe that he supplies more for us. If, if, if we count, uh, uh, you know, like seed as being finances, I, I do believe that, that it comes back in order for us to do what? put it in my bank account, save it for my retirement. No, I believe it, it is then to be turned and, and, and given, given out again and again and again. It, it's not to be kept. Nowhere do we see God giving so that we could once again embrace and say, mine, mine, mine. It, it, it's not that sense at all. Instead, it's this idea of opening up. And when I talk about offerings, I, I brought these up here just uh, to, to make this point. There's so much to contribute towards, isn't there? I mean, there's offering to the church. We have a budget back there that we're voting on that, that, that the church uh, works by. You know, and, and I, I tell you, one of, my, one of the things that we as a church ought to pray about is, is that we pray that more of our giving is, is going outward instead of inward. And, and, and so that things around here are nice. I want, I, want, I want to see more of our finances going outward. We, we have a section of missions that we send overseas. And I think even in our own community, I want to see a lot more of our finances going outward. I would love to say, oh, let's build a, bra- a big building or something like that. That would be great someday. But our hearts ought to be more focused on those outside of our building who need to know Jesus. 
I think it goes hand in hand with the idea of spreading that gospel message, that grace that God has given us. We want more people to know who Jesus is. You didn't, there is such a tie in our giving to, to the grace, and we actually see this working in this passage. Let, let me get to this detail before we go on. I, I want to say, what a time to give such a message. What a time to give such a message in the midst of inflation, right? Ronnie, sit down and be quiet. Don't you know gas is almost, what, $5 a gallon now? Prices are going up, and, and you're having to find other ways. But let me tell you what. Remember those two phrases. God is able, and God supplies. Man, if, if you're putting your faith in, in the dollar, and, and you're putting your faith in your IRA and your retirement accounts and, and other things, then you need to be corrected. You need to have your focus adjusted. I will tell you, I woke up, I think I actually was this morning pretty early and, and thought about that and, and had a rush of, oh, oh no. And I was actually thinking about some, a, a, a contribution for Oliver that was given to him. And I thought about, we were watching it rise and I thought, oh no, what's happened to it? You know, I began to think about that and I, I had to, whenever I had that rush, and, and you guys are probably having that as well, that's time to go before God. God, you own everything. God, you know, I, I understand the circumstances the world in, but the circumstances we're in is now an opportunity for your, uh, for your grace to be evident to more people. Do, do we see, you know, I mean, we, we looked at the pandemic, and the things I said is, man, what a great opportunity for the gospel to be preached. What a great opportunity for Christ to become known to some people who are afraid, who are fearful. But even the same thing, when our economy is going south and people are afraid, what a great time to talk about Jesus. To people who are putting all their, all their confidence, all their strength in, in the things of this world. Because let me tell you what, they're, on, they're not on a solid foundation whatsoever, right? They're building their houses upon the sand and it's going to wash away and that structure is going to come down. But those of you who have your structure built upon that solid ground, you have something to share. You have something to contribute. You have something, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> you have Jesus. God is able, God supplies. The final truth, and I think this is really important, as it gets towards the end, uh, this, this aspect of giving is that praise to God is expressed in our giving. And, and, and I, I want you to listen clearly to what Paul is saying. I want you to remember that the, this is all about a contribution that's going to uh, the Jewish church in, in, in Jerusalem. Gentile believers. I don't know. Do you know the conflicts that, that had to be there between the Jewish church who were exclusive to God's kingdom and the Gentile churches that had no business uh, claiming to be part of God's kingdom, and then it still had to be some conflicts between those who were Jews and those who were Gentiles. Well, the Gentiles are over here collecting up an offering. They're taking, in order to, to help relieve the suffering of the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Now listen to what he says. This service that you perform, talking about the contribution that's coming in, is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, 
but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. We're, we're, who's the thankful hearts here? Who, who would be the, well, who, it's going to be those who receive, right? Oh, they're going to be expressing praise. I, it's already Titus. Titus is, why is he coming with such enthusiasm? Because it is, it is a, a, an expression of God's grace, this collection. How is that, how is that a revelation? Because these people are, are raising funds for people they don't even know. They don't know them by name. They're not connected to them by family. They're, they're a great distance away, and yet they're collecting together this offering in order to supply the need of God's people elsewhere. And Titus is coming with lots of enthusiasm to collect it. Why? Because it's evidence of the working of God's grace. It's evidence of the working of God's grace. I was excited last week when Sylvia and Elise were baptized. Why? Because it's evidence of the working of God's grace. Amen? I want to see it. I, I want and it, it, it happens not just in baptism, but it happens in giving, where thankful hearts are, are giving and excited. Uh, maybe, maybe like the Macedonian church who beg, let us be a part of that. Let us be a part of that. We want to be a part of that. Matter of fact, in, in the next verse, verse 14, he says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. Did you hear that? Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Easy way to put that long sentence is it's because of Jesus. I, if, if, we wanna, if you say, well, how is God generous? Jesus. How can we express that? Jesus. Jesus is expressed in your giving. It's expressed in, in, in the way we love. It's expressed in the way that we could become generous. And man, if, if someone's need is great, and, and we as a church have the opportunity to gather it, we ought to do it with enthusiasm because it is evidence of his grace. It is evidence of his grace and mercy working. Are you, are you seeing it? Are, do, you, do you see that in this, in this passage? Paul's final comment comes in 15. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Not gifts, but gift. What, what is he? He's talking about something specific there. That's very important. What's he talking about? What's that indescribable gift? Yeah. Emphasize. Bill had it right up here. Bill had it right Okay, it, it is Jesus, what God has given us. I, it, you, if I were to ask you a question, just say Jesus. You're, I mean, 99.9%, you're going to be right. Okay, he, he is the reason for our rejoicing. He's the reason why we're here. He's the reason for our joy. He's the reason that, that we are learning to love in the way God loves. He is the reason that we can move towards being generous in a way that's just going to be an expression of thanksgiving before him. Are you with me? You understand? Oh, man, I, I hope that challenges you in, in thinking, seeing what Paul is saying to these Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians, follow through. 
Follow through because it is evidence of, of grace working in you. It's evidence of God's generosity working through you. And if that generosity is working through you, it gives us more reasons to, to be rejoicing and celebrating over, over this Corinthian church at one time had to have this, this letter of, hey, guys, you need to do some repenting. To, man, these guys are growing up. These guys are, 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 are actually beginning to reflect the God who said such a Savior as Jesus who saved their lives. Let me review these things for you again. Uh, again, this is, this is something for you to decide, and I believe ultimately it's between you and God, you and that relationship with God. If, if that relationship with God is, is working, then, then there's, there's, there's some generosity and there's some love working in you and growing in you because God creates the generous heart. It doesn't happen. I, I don't believe that generosity is, is possible in our lives, that kind of generosity is possible in our lives without uh, embracing and loving and knowing God. Also, that that praise to God is expressed in your giving. That's, that's where the thankfulness is, is where it reflects what God has done for us already through Jesus Christ. Oh, man. And then, then just try to outgive God. You know, what he has given us, there is no way. There is no way. Let's, let's uh, have this opportunity. We, we um, don't have a time of, of collection and, and, and pass a plate and, and have a, a message of, of why we give. Today we've had that message of why we give. And we're just going to pray. Uh, praise God for the offerings that are given. We're going to pray for that, uh, you know, for, for hearts to continue to grow in that area, to be challenged in that. And ask that God just continue to work his Holy Spirit, his scripture in our lives. Let's, let's pray that together. Father in heaven, we praise you. And we thank you for that generous gift of Jesus. Lord, the, the gift that actually comes in every day that you continue, Lord, and that you're able to, to supply, to, to graciously, abountifully give us that grace. And, and Lord, we praise you that, that your desire is not only to, to have us saved, but also to have us as a part of your kingdom and to, and to work and to move and to reveal uh, and, and to reflect that, that grace to the community around us, to the world around us, to those who need to know. Father, we praise you and thank you uh, for the opportunity we have to give. We praise you for the offerings uh, that, that continue to come in, that, that's supporting and encouraging. Lord, I praise you for the offerings that's coming to the, to the uh, Pregnancy Service Center. I also praise you, for, Father, for the money that's coming in for camp. And, Lord, we rejoice over the 40 kids, over 40 kids going to camp this summer. Father, we come just giving you praise and thanks because of all that you do for us. Lord, we praise you that we could be your people and you will be our God. Father, we praise you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.